0: It's the will and skill to understand who we are and how we're seen by others.
1: How can we drive our organizations into the future using the power of people and how can we think much more strategically about that?
2: Gratitude is such an important part of mental health, of building great
1: teams. That natural empathy that's really important to getting along with people.
0: It's a better way to lead. It's a better way to live. Welcome to our new mini-series, Better Me, Better We, and Better Ways. Annette, over two seasons, we've had the pleasure to learn from the best psychologists, behavioral scientists, and performance experts, but the most common request, you want to hear from us about the best bits from over 25 hours of content so far.
2: So this is your cheat sheet. We're going to share with you only the best insights, information, and shortcuts to achieving Better me, better we, and better
0: ways. What does that mean? Well, better me is all about having a better day at work. The foundations start with you. How can you be better, more aware, confident, and clear in your values?
2: Better we. How do we foster and build great relationships with those around us?
0: And better ways. Your best ways to communicate, run meetings, develop strategies, manage performance, and make an impact within your organization and the people around you. Welcome to Better Ways. So, Annette, here we are with our final episode in our mini-series, Better Ways. Everything so far has led us to this important episode where we share our foundational insights into better ways of working.
2: And there is a logic. We started with Better Me, how you show up, the purpose and values, then, better we, how you get along with people and dealing with conflict. The next step is what do you do when you're actually at work?
0: Well, you, like me, and Annette, have gone into many a team over the years with the task of making change happen. Cleaning up a mess, dealing with a big hairy problem, and simply being asked to make things work better. I've been asked to go sort out that area. The way they're working is not right. Go to New York. Something's not working.
2: Cahal, stop. You're (laughs) triggering me, my blood pressure. I was told by one boss years ago, get up to Sydney ASAP and see what the hell is going on up there.
0: Oh, no. Both of us have had some interesting assignments. Now, fixing teams or improving the way they're working takes time and focus. And each situation is very different. Humor, as we know, Annette, definitely helps in these types of roles. And what we're sharing today is the foundational elements we believe help change the way you and your team are working for the better.
2: These better ways have been developed from our discussions with behavioral scientists, psychologists and performance experts, as well as our own experiences and what we've found intuitively works. To help you set the foundations for better ways of working, we're going to focus on three areas. One priorities, two, meetings, and three, care and thrive. We are aiming to provide you with real, actionable ways to work better.
0: So let's kick off with number one, priorities. If, for example, you want to get healthy, you have to prioritize focusing on it, prioritize getting 10,000 steps a day, and healthy eating. And if we want to be better at work, we also need to set our priorities. We turned in the very first episode to the amazing Caroline Webb, one of our favourite behavioural scientists and economists, to get guidance here. According to Caroline's research, we need to set an intentional direction for the day.
1: All of us have a list of things that roll from day to day. One of the things that I've really shifted to over the last uh, 20 years is really being kind to my brain and understanding that overloading it is not actually going to result in more work getting done. That actually the best thing to do is to give it one thing to do at a time. Mm-hmm. And to keep a short list in front of me, to only put today's tasks on in, in front of me, And also, at that moment of decision where you're trying to decide, do I do this thing that I know I said I wanted to do, which was to go for a walk every day? Do I do it? Your brain, remember, your deliberate system, very easily overwhelmed. Yes. Very, very easily you know, going to say, oh, that's all too hard to think about. So how can you make it easier? You think ahead. You think, what's going to be the obstacle in that moment? So when I look outside and it's raining, then I will tell myself there's an umbrella by the door. You pick that up and you put a hat on and then you head out. And if we have something that this is what um, scientists call an implementation intention, we are 300% more likely to actually do the thing that we've said that we wanted to do. Kahal,
2: I love the guidance we heard from Molly West-Duffy. If you don't draw your lines, someone else will. So setting your intentions, your priorities is in many ways about setting boundaries, getting really clear about what you want to and need to do.
0: Exactly, Annette. And we know from the research that our priorities and assumptions determine our perceptions. Resetting our priorities can change the way we experience and approach the day. Caroline Webb's research showed sad people are likely to see a hill as being steeper than it actually is, while happier people are more likely to see others in a positive light. So Annette, what's the science here?
2: The brain's deliberate system, the one that's responsible for self-control and thinking, prioritizes what seems worthwhile and screens everything else out. While this is important, we can miss out on stuff in our environment.
0: And Annette, we know ourselves that our brains can prioritize new emails coming into our inboxes when we know full well we have set more important priorities for the day. And that is just so frustrating.
2: And that's how our brain's deliberate system is hijacking and prioritizing the perceived urgent over the important.
0: So let's get into the actions you can take.
2: So when it comes to action, there are simple brain hacks. Firstly, we can tweak our perceptions by being more deliberate on what we focus on and ignore. We can do this by looking at things through four lenses, Kahal. First, aim. Think about your aim as we meet people and as we work on our activities. Ask ourselves, what really matters? Second, attitude. We can take time to notice the concerns that are dominating our thoughts and ask ourselves, Do they really help me achieve my main goals? Third, assumptions. What negative expectations do we have going into this? How might we challenge those assumptions? What counter evidence might we seek out? And finally, attention. Given our priorities, ask ourselves, where should I focus my attention?
0: Love those tips for what to focus on and ignore. Finally, for actions, we want to help you create brain-friendly priority lists. Most of us start by writing these down, which is important. But there are some other brain-friendly essentials we learned from Caroline Webb. One, write it down as soon as it comes to mind. If you've got an idea, a priority, get it down on paper. Two, only keep today's tasks in view. If you have a full list on display, they will use up a little of your brain's processing capacity and may depress you if the list is too long. Three, make it satisfying to check off your priorities. The reward of ticking off will tend to spur your brain on towards getting more done. Four, be realistic about what you can do in a day. This one I'm not so good at. Progress feels good to your brain's reward system. Failure doesn't. So keep that list short. And number five, include mind-body maintenance. Put exercise, rest and other physical health goals on the list along with your other tasks. So add, take a walk to the list so it gets done.
2: You know me, Cahal, I love a to-do list, but damn, I have some work to do here. At work, I'm really good at getting laser-like focus on getting things done and working on important and urgent at getting through those tasks. But in my personal life, for me and my family, I'm over-ambitious You know about the way I run my life through my notes, Kahal. I've got over 300 separate to-do lists and all sorts of different things and I review them each day. So I have my Monday to-do list that I look at, my Tuesday to-do list that I look at. It really needs an overhaul. It's not good. Number two in our better ways of working foundations is meetings. And this is one I'm very excited to be tackling.
0: And it's you and I have known for many years the challenges of back-to-back meetings. How many times do we hear people say I've been stuck in back-to-backs all day? Meetings have a huge impact on people's lives and drain their energy. We want to help our community with ways to better meetings. You completed some work to really look at the problem statement around meetings, Sinead. Tell us what you found.
2: The problem statement I've been grappling with, Kahal, is how do we have better meetings? Many of us spend huge parts of our days and meetings, often our best hours, our most energized stints of time. For some of us, it can be back to back all day, every day. We know this feeling, don't we, Kahal? Mm-hmm. The problem with this is we don't get time to think, plan and set our priorities we can feel disempowered or trapped in meetings. And then on top of that, if the meetings aren't effective and we feel our time is being wasted, the death spiral begins and can accelerate quickly.
0: Post-COVID meetings have skyrocketed. We just read a report that attendance at these meetings has gone up 13% and the number of attendees has increased by 13%. It's so easy now to bring large groups of people together on Zoom or Teams we wouldn't have meeting rooms available for the size of some of these meetings. This is leading to an increased risk of ineffective interactions and information overload. Many organisations, leaders, all of us are rethinking cadence in response to the evolution of how people work after COVID. We frequently find ourselves spending way too much time on pointless interactions that drain our energy and produce information overload. Is there any science around meetings in it?
2: The science of why getting meetings right matters is deeply rooted in understanding human behaviour, and we think there are four big drivers. First, meetings create cognitive load, which is the mental effort required to process information. Ineffective meetings with unclear purposes or excessive information can contribute to high cognitive load and reduce productivity and energy. Second, effective meetings foster collaboration by providing a platform for team members to share ideas, insights and feedback, and thereby enhancing problem-solving and decision-making capabilities. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, leading to better outcomes. Third is happiness. Effective, energising and purposeful meetings where people feel heard and valued have been shown to contribute to higher levels of job satisfaction, leading us to feel more motivated and committed to our work. Finally, efficiencies. Employees have reported spending, on average, 31 hours per month in unproductive meetings, causing them to doze off or multitask as a result. There's a huge productivity dividend to extract here if we can get the balance right,
0: Kahal. Super helpful, Annette. I really like what you said around effective meetings fostering collaboration. I see this myself with teams having meetings without involving the people doing the day-to-day work. To me, it's such a missed opportunity to hear from people and test ideas for change with them. I always find it adds so much to having more people's input. So let's now give you the four ways to have better meetings. So number one, structure and prep. What's the purpose and objectives of the meeting and who should be there? That's very important. Document the purpose and objectives in the agenda. Ask everyone to agree before you start. A little bit of prep up front goes a long way. Two, inclusivity. It's really important to pay attention to team dynamics. Who's doing too much talking in the meeting? Who's talking over the top of others? Who is derailing to take control? We've all been in a meeting with someone taking control. Also, very important, who is not talking? And why might that be? We've got some ways to include people more. First, ask them questions, get their perspective. It's really good to have someone in the meeting that's checking as well. And who's not talking and why might that be? For example, new people. Ways to include people maybe by asking questions or asking for their perspective. We also love the guardian role. This is a person you appoint at the start of the meeting and they come in at the end And do the following. They summarize and assess if we lived up to the company's values. If we're about teamwork, did this meeting have good teamwork? They also flag if there wasn't the opportunity for everyone to be listened to. And they challenge us if they haven't felt we've reached the objectives or outcomes for that meeting. I found this a great role to have in some of my previous jobs. It's so helpful to have someone there who can just keep a check on how we're doing. Are we living up to the values? Is everyone being listened to? And did we actually reach the objectives that we wanted to in this meeting? Number three, wrap up well. Recap key decisions, actions. And I know you like this, Annette, where appropriate, end on a positive. It could be asking people to contribute what they were inspired by in the meeting and what they're committed to do. And finally, number four, reflect and iterate and refine. All meetings are a work in progress. They always need to be reviewed and made better. They never can stay the same.
2: Ultimately, successful meetings require a clear purpose, a thoughtful selection of participants, mindful care of including everyone. A focus on managing the behaviours in the meeting and wrapping up the meeting well. By implementing these strategies, we can transform our meeting culture, reclaim precious thinking time and ensure that our interactions drive meaningful results.
0: Now to our final foundation for better ways of working. We have care and thrive. This is where we believe there are simple ways to make your organisation and the people in it happier. We see it as looking after individuals' core needs, having supportive environments, providing them with the opportunities to grow, helping both themselves and the organisation in the process. This would normally be called engagement in most organisations. However, Annette and I do not like that word at all.
2: Well, we know, Kaha, what that word means in the corporate sense. It means targets and leaders getting super focused on their engagement scores. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly, Annette. I have seen leaders in the past literally running around in the weeks before the survey is happening, telling everyone to complete it while handing out beers, cakes, any other bribes they can find. I found it so weird the lengths leaders would go to for this survey.
2: I know, Kahal. I had a situation years ago where we were told you better make sure your team's happy as otherwise there will be months of workshops to get to the bottom of why scores are low and that won't be fun. It didn't seem focused on the human side. It was more a KPI. Things are changing though, Kahal.
0: Now, we recently did a poll of our community to learn what they thought about the word engagement. Maybe it was Justin and I who had the issue. Our community had very similar feelings on the word and much preferred words like care and thrive. I particularly love the word thrive, which actually had the most votes. The amount of times I have asked people how someone might be doing working under a new boss or in a different company. And the response is, oh, she is thriving. How many times have you heard that in it? I mean, so many times. She's thriving. We all know our direct manager has a huge impact on how happy you are in your role. In fact, almost one third of UK workers say they've quit because of bad management. The research carried out by the Chartered Management Institute pointed to widespread concern about the quality of management and its impact on workers' daily lives, which 82% of bosses deemed accidental, having had no formal training.
2: The manager's role is so important in how we feel about work, and it can be disappointing to see low investment in developing managers' on how to manage. I know, Kahal, you've always been passionate about leader training programs.
0: Well, there is, in my opinion, no better way to change your culture than developing your leaders in how to lead, how to organize their teams, how to give feedback to people, how to set targets. All these are such key skills. And really, in most cases, the majority of people's experience of a company is through their direct manager.
2: If we go back to the words our community preferred over engagement, care came second after thriving. I also love the word care and I actually voted for it. We know people need to feel a sense of belonging and connection at work. And we don't get that without feeling and experiencing our leaders and teammates actually caring for us as humans.
0: So true, Annette. Care is so important. We all want to feel that our manager cares and that the company cares about us too. So what about the science and data? What does it tell us about how to have happy workplace cultures?
2: I think when we talk about caring and thriving at work, we must first refer again to our Better We episode where we talked about trust. Trust drives employee commitment and productivity. In Slack's August 2023 survey of over 10,000 global office workers, trust was the top determinant of employee productivity scores, overtaking flexibility. People who felt trusted at work were twice as productive as those who didn't. They were 30% more likely to put in extra effort at their jobs. Those who didn't feel trusted were more than twice as likely to say they were looking for a new job. Trust gets built slowly over time through transparency, shared success, strong positive relationships, consistency, competence and inclusivity. It gets lost quickly, though, through poorly handled change and arbitrary mandates presented without evidence or with
0: indifference. Now, Marianne has spent her career helping leaders and teams learn how to consciously communicate, cultivate empathy and deepen trust.
1: When there's trust, you can create so much more, better ideas, more creative problem solving, and you learn to care for each other. And that's the other piece. I think if we want to become better communicators, we have to care about the other people,
0: the people that we're working with and speaking with. Trust drives employee commitment, but additional research points to the key role of managers. Eighty percent of employees who say they have received meaningful feedback in the past week are fully engaged. In fact, the boost from meaningful feedback gives four times the lift in engagement than having the right number of days in the office. And Annette, how many times have we heard about hybrid work and days in the office over the last two years? Problem is, Gallup found in a recent study that among nearly 15,000 employees, only 16% said the last conversation with their manager was extremely meaningful.
2: So based on the science and data we found, there are better ways to make you or teams happier and thriving at work. Make sure you know the following, and if you're a manager, that you provide these to your people. Number one, evaluate and build trust. Reflect on your current level of trust with your colleagues. If you're a manager, assess how much your team trusts you. Actively work on building trust within your team. And the way we do this is build strong, positive relationships. Be consistent and competence. Be good at your job. Build the skills that you need.
0: Number two, have meaningful conversations with your manager weekly. This is one of the top drivers of engagement.
2: Ensure clarity on goals and expectations. More remote work means check-ins are essential
0: and provide opportunities for development and growth your people need to see they are going somewhere. A very easy win around helping people thrive at work is for managers to have one meaningful conversation a week with their team members. This can be a quick connect, just 15 minutes, and it should be used to celebrate people and their wins, but also listen to their concerns. So, Annette, we always want to give our listeners practical and actionable advice. What should they go and do tomorrow?
2: For priorities, really focus on attention. Given your priorities, ask yourself, where should I focus my attention? And at the same time, pay attention to our thoughts and assumptions. Second, for meetings, do the basics every time, clear purpose and objectives. Then pay attention to the behaviors with a practice toolkit to respond and solve in the moment. Wrap up meetings well and then reflect and refine. Another quick one here, Kahal, is should you have a meeting? If it's just an update, can it be an email? And then on to finally, care and thrive. Really focus on having a culture in your organization where meaningful conversations happen each week. If you're a manager, make sure you do this with your people. And if you're in a team, ask your manager for this time weekly. Having meaningful conversations every week helps us thrive.
0: So, this is it, isn't it. Better me, better we, and better ways. I've so loved doing this with you and I hope our listeners get a lot from it.
2: What a series, Kahal. I have loved getting to spend more time with you and really unpack how we can all have better days at work. Thanks also to our incredible guests and everyone listening in, cheering us on.
0: And don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to get our brand new sum-ups with all the information from our mini-series provided in short, digestible form. You can get our sum-ups via LinkedIn on our LinkedIn page Carl Quinlan or through betteratwork.net. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, head back to the start to hear from all of our wonderful guests. And leaving a review helps others find the series also.